4: Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Don't forget, Amir,
5: uh, you recording?
6: Uh, yeah. Okay. What? Well, my um, excuse his real name, ain't that a bitch? I
0: mean, shit,
6: that's what his mama called. Oh,
4: yeah, that's, yeah. Well, my I'm going to him Clay. Clay. <laughs> 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 yes, I am a meme. Okay. Okay.
7: Yeah.
4: All right. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, what can I say? Our guests today are the Pride of my hometown of Philadelphia. They are, in my opinion, and I'm very biased, they are simply one of the finest, most talented singing groups in history. Uh, They have made classic records. They have broken records. And when those records got broken, they broke records with their own records. Three singles singles single-handedly have occupied the number one spot for 43 weeks. In a row. That is no small feat when it's just spread out through three singles. Um, only two other artists in recording history have achieved that feat. And no, his name isn't Michael Jackson. Elvis and the Beatles. D- Yo, to be alive, to watch Beatles fans cry over "Into the Road record, breaking the <laughs> Beatles, that was one of the most craziest days I've ever seen. We can call them the last true R&B group. We can call them... The forefathers, uh, we know that every any any group of individuals that call themselves boys band, they know they owe this group everything from NSYNC to BTS. They owe them greatly. Please welcome to Questlove Supreme, finally, the one and only Boys to Men.
7: Yes, sir. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
4: it's, it's, it's,
6: it's, it's finally because we only got one call. Right, <laughs> damn, did, I, 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 PJ, wait, 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 wait. Oh, is, is this yo, gonna yo, be, yeah, yeah,
3: check, you know, hey, hey, you know what type of conversation is gonna be you know, like, wait. like, we're, we're high school, we, like, like. You know. no. yeah, it's gonna
6: <laughs> be it's real. Wait a
8: minute, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Fonte had a look
4: on his face right oh, now. Oh, Fonte's hey, like, I'm all just... right. The Jill Scott episode went somewhere. The music episode went somewhere.
7: Boy, listen. You want to talk to reach? We called yeah.
4: oh, yeah.
6: to this, we... this, is, this is as real as you're going to get. Like, we, you know, oh, boy. We, only, we only know one way to talk to each other. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm ready for this,
7: boy.
4: Let's
6: I'm ready. go.
7: Yeah.
4: Actually, wait. I My first question. People are dying to know. What the hell did y'all do to Sudden
6: Impact? <laughs> what did we do <laughs> I don't know what we Sudden did you know, we <laughs> tried to, that wasn't our group well, no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what if I'm you playing. didn't know what we did we tried to save them after Mike Bivers got rid of them we tried to sign them to Stone Creek in Philly and took them over to Tommy Matole and he said oh hell no nah. then somebody named the Backstreet Boys came out and then they disappeared
4: wow
6: if you really want to know what happened motherfucking nathan morris everyone i love, everyone. I love
4: Thank you <laughs> I, I can tell this is going to be a classic interview yes. already yes, no. where, where are you guys right now i assume that and yeah. i know you guys get tired of asking like when people see you individually like where are the other group at as if you're attached to the hip yeah like we're conjoined like,
3: together right no, right because i
4: can right. never be nowhere without right where's the you know right, right exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, so where, where, where are you guys problems? right now
3: I'm in LA. Juan's in Vegas, and and uh, Nate's in a big old house in Tampa, Florida, sitting by the yeah, river. Big old
6: house like everybody else. Everybody a else should lake. be in a big old house too. I'm sitting by a lake, watching I'm in a pretty, I'm in a pretty nice, down nice down
3: house.
7: Down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I see
4: that. When when okay, based on the reality that we're living right now, when's the last time that you three were physically in this in the room at the same time?
6: February. I would tell t- I will right. tell you this. Yeah, March. But I'll tell you one even crazier. When we left each other in March, by the time we got to May or June, it was probably the longest that we've ever been apart from each other since high school. That's
4: mm-hmm. what I was going to say. What's, has this been the biggest break that you guys have had but,
6: Yeah, without a doubt. Without seeing each other or talking, yeah, with physically, yeah. We went on breaks, but we saw each other, we hung out, Juan and Sean used to live around the corner, stuff like that. But like physically being <clears> apart <throat> for this long, it's the longest.
8: I wow. missed the
6: hell
4: out of those niggas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah how how does that affect, especially when you've been singing together for so long, for so consistent? How does that uh, affect you? Like when I hang up, I'm about to we're about to do like our first root show in eight months, and I'm actually nervous about it because like a, like we're we're gonna have rehearsal, which is I mean, we did it so much that wow. the automatic pilot was good. But like, wow. how does it when you're not in that rhythm anymore? Like, how does that affect?
6: I mean, we don't know. We ain't never yeah. did it. <laughs> it's,
8: never, it's, it's never happened before. You know what I'm saying? But but like you said, you know, uh, groups that have been together for this long and, you know, working together, we we pretty much know our roles. We know what roles we play. So, you know, I'm pretty sure it's more it's, it's autopilot as well um it's just you know getting in the room together and and you know remembering our notes and the steps and all kinds of stuff like that that's the only thing but for the most part man this is this is weird you know what i'm saying it's definitely weird but you know we got to make the most of it
4: is is this a welcome break most most artists that i talk to say like this is the first real sleep i've gotten this is the first like
7: i mean <laughs> mon-
4: monetary issues aside of worrying about yeah, you know yeah. how your life is going to be affected?
8: Like, is, is this a welcome break or is it just like? I mean, I I think it's more individual that, 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 that question to be answered. I mean, for me, I think uh, two months, that's, that's a welcome break for me. You know what I'm saying? But after two months, I'm ready to see, I'm ready to, you know, be where we, where we are, you know, I'm ready to get back on stage. I'm ready to see my brother's, I'm ready, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You gotta have that 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 energy flow of people that are like-minded around you and, and create the same way and think the same way musically around you. So after two months, I'm like, yo, it's I I gotta I gotta do it. But you know, it's 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 welcome for about two months for me. I don't know about everybody else. Now
4: you're but, just antsy to get back to yeah, whatever.
3: I mean, normally. yeah, I mean it's it's the same. So I, I think we were all due there there's there comes a a ceiling that, you know you tour after a while, you know, you want to say, okay, you know what? Let's, let's, let's fall back for a second and and kind of like, you know, look at our houses for a little while and and go food shopping and do regular normal stuff. Because I think with us, that, that's the, the balance that's required for all of us. We've, we've never really been about, and you know us in there, we've never been about all the, 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 you know, the spectacle and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. That just came with the job. But for the most part, you would see us driving down South Street, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, in our cars, getting some music or, you know, getting some food or just hanging out or whatever. That's just what we like to do. Right. right? You know, and, and and the stage is is just another persona that when, you know, when we're on stage, we go off and we do what we need to do and we sing and we jump around and we act like fools. And then after that, you know, we back to just being normal Sean Warnier and Nate. You know what I mean? So, you know, that that's, that's always been the ebb and flow. And, and as it should be with most artists, like right, you know, we we require both in order for us to feel whole. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, yeah. you know, so so it's it's. But yeah, it's it's. I miss it. I think the guys miss it. Um, <clears throat> we miss being out there and performing because, like I said, it feels like it's half of us that's kind of missing to some degree. You know, yeah, yeah. we like to be home. We like to chill and all that stuff. But you know, we ain't gonna lie. We like to entertain. This is what we do.
9: One thing I was curious to know, I saw y'all, um, y'all came to Raleigh, man, this is probably like 10 plus years ago, this is a minute ago, and uh, y'all performed, and you know, it was outside, and y'all was in the suits, and the choreography, I think y'all were doing like the Motown, uh, it was yeah, the yeah. cover records y'all done, and um show was amazing, and we all, like we loved it, uh, I was curious to know, how do y'all preserve y'all voices after all these years, man, because y'all still sounded exactly like the records well, 20 plus years I, later.
6: <laughs> I think part of it is exactly what we are saying earlier. It's like we haven't really been in, away from each other um, this long. I mean, I plead mm-hmm. the fifth on the other topic, but the fact that we've always, we we sang all the time. There hasn't been months that have gone by where we haven't sang or we haven't performed. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a muscle. If you work it out all the time, it'll be there for you. And because we've never really ever been separated in our whole lives, we sing almost every other week or so. And I mean, definitely in the last five years or so, we've been extremely consistent. I mean, with, with Vegas, we, I mean, there's probably not a week that's gone by in the last five years that we haven't sang. What's up? Those wow. so it's a consistency. <laughs> so what are y'all
0: doing now to make sure
6: that it's... Oh, we sing... No, well, I said- mean, we still, we still sing, we just don't sing together. I mean... Okay. I'm sure, you know, we know each other's personalities. So, you know, we sing around the house. We sing on stuff we create. I mean, we just we just sing. And I think we're just... It's funny, when we first got started, our role manager years ago, Khalil, you know, we would sing so much that every every time we would sing, he would pull out a cup almost as if, you know, you guys trying to sing for some coins or whatever. Because, <laughs> you know, we, we hadn't quite been successful then. So he was like, you know, you got to learn when to tone it down and when, to, you know, you can't, can't sing all the time. But I think that's one thing that he never really could take out of us. So over time, you know, we this is just something that we've always done. Okay. So,
8: so that, real that, quick, real quick, yeah. Hi, what, what you mean by you plead the fifth on the last question? then? I need to.
6: <laughs> oh no! Well, see, uh, again, I the difference for me is that unlike you guys, I fly before we did this for the last five years. I fly almost five thousand miles a, a week for mm-hmm. Vegas. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you talk about needing time away. I probably need a lot more than you guys do because <laughs> I just it's just too much for me to do. I mean, I'm flying east, west, east, west every right, single I week. It. Yeah, I so it. okay. it's not, I it's extra, not so for that residency. Yeah. You were doing coming to Vegas. I live in Florida. I've been flying back and forth for the last five years every week. Ah. Yeah.
4: And are you still uh,
9: Nate? Were you still doing your show as well? We used to
6: Stop doing your yes Stop being the no, just... See, see, see. The thing is, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm answering, I'm answering why's question because I know what he's saying. It's like I just needed
8: clarification because you know what I'm saying I just I laid out. I need no, clarification. I no, said no, oh, no, but that's what I was everything. saying. It's like you know, Listen it's
6: not, it's not, it's not the group per se. It's just when I you, get it. Oh, my, yeah. my, my, my grind is a little bit different than you I guys because be you guys on the west coast. You're right there. You're 30 minutes mm. away. Um, you know what I'm mean? saying? But when you got to wake up at 430 every every th- or Thursday <laughs> or Friday, fly Damn. out every weekend, turn right back around. And that's not counting what we do during the week. Right. I mean, yeah, right. nigga need a break.
4: Right. I, I get it. So <laughs> fine, yeah. that means Nate is James Poyser and Wanye is Amir. See?
7: <laughs>
4: I was like, I'm going to be in Manhattan. I'll move to Manhattan. James is like, no, I'm going to go further down, further down south to Delaware and drive every day for three hours. All right. I get it now. Wow. Yeah. That's probably about it, but he's all right. This this leads to my next question. So, you know, I was I was immersed in my particular culture at Creative and Performing Arts High School. Uh, for those that don't know, um, yeah, we all never went to the same high school. Advisory,
6: never made it, never made it, never ever made it to advisory. because like <laughs> right. he sat right next to me. I know he wasn't there. We
4: the thing is, is that. You know, there's, I don't know much about the singing culture at Creative and Performing Arts. So my particular experience there was, all right, first of all, like I had a kind of a Bloods and Crips uh, environment. The Bloods were like the jazz heads. Mm -hmm. So in order to get Chris and Joey's respect, I had to study all this 40s jazz to let them know I speak their language. Right, right. And then on the other side, Kurt Rosenwinkel. I don't know if you remember Kurt Rosenwinkle, but I do. he's like yeah he's he's a massive deal right now in the in in the world of jazz, wow. so he would try to force me to unlearn all the old shit that Kristen Joey wanted me to learn right, and then I'm going behind both their backs and doing hip hop with tariq, kind of <laughs> like whatever gang was winning that that's the side I was on right. <laughs> but what was what was the culture? for vocal majors on the fourth floor. Oh,
3: I can, I, I can, I can. And break,
4: like, take me through
3: it. I, I can break that down. Cause, cause honestly, I wasn't in any of it. Because when I but came- But y'all
4: would break out in song. Yeah, like, but, but yeah.
3: see, here's the thing. When, when, when I came in, Winey um, wasn't in yet. I came in in 86. And Winey came in, in 87. And you were there as
4: a freshman, okay. I,
3: and I, and okay. I came, when I came in, you had your clicks. You know what I'm saying? It's like everybody, you had your gospel kids, you know, the ones that just straight up sang gospel all day, every day. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus man. Lord, Jesus, Lord, Jesus Lord, all day. You know what I'm saying? And and then, <laughs> then you had the cool kids. You know what I'm saying? That Nate used to hang around. Like no,
6: no, no, no. Go, no. Don't on, even do on, that Nate, to yourself. On, Nate was hold, on, on, kid. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, tell, no, 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 let no, no. no. If you, gonna do it, be, me, if you don't, don't do it, be right. Be right. Let me tell you. I'll not be right. I did not hang right. around them. They hung around me. Uh, okay, okay. Let's get it right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's no, not no, even. No. And, 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 and you okay. know I'm not a flexer. All right, so check this out. No, all right, no, all right. no, no. I need that. I need. Right, the, I need right, it. We're right, gonna right. clear it up. Let's clear so it up. They
3: hung around me because most of them was from North mm-hmm. Philly, and Thank as you, you know, Kappa was in South Philly, and you know you every, every day after oh. school, the okay. Palumbo kids will come outside and try to beat our oh. asses every day because we could sing and dance, right? Mm-hmm. So and so, I didn't have that uh, problem. A lot, a lot of those, a lot of those dudes hung around Nate, as he says it, because you know that that was the cool kids. That's yeah. my neighborhood. So <laughs> they, they want to get their ass
6: <laughs> beat, cool so they hung out.
4: Wait, how real? How real was the plum? Because again, I was so when you're in that basement, you could hide all day and nobody would miss you until right. you really, get some. Right, real. so that's I right. was separated from all that shit because oh, we just stay in the basement. It was real, How cool. real was that Palumbo shit? No, that's like right. on the it third was, and the fourth line, the, of mine, the, bottom the bottom line the is the
3: fact that one of my friends got his nose broken. By them little kids? Oh, yeah. From, okay, oh, no, yeah. no,
4: no. Here, here, here. here, me do All right, let me pull this closer. All right, so Palumbo, let me set this. Let me explain it to you. I got you. Okay, okay, Those little
6: kids, their big brothers, were from right. the projects. There
3: you go, there you go, there you go.
6: So they lived in my neighborhood. I right. went to the school because I was local. Most of the other guys went to the school because they were from Northeast and they, it was a magnet school. So when they came down, you know, with their little, you know, so-called Gucci shoes and whatnot, right. my my neighborhood guys wasn't happy about that. And then they would be in the school and they would mess with the little Colombian kids and they go tell their big brothers. And by the end of the day, their big brothers would be waiting outside and I'm the only one that can walk outside and not have a problem. So they hung oh, around these me, kids. So they,
4: they was young, yo. They was like babies, kids. They it was what it like was fifth and sixth then, graders. We had no money.
6: Yeah, because they we had no money. Our neighborhood had to be split. Not graders. High school. <laughs> that we shared it
3: wasn't them. It was their bigger brothers that was <laughs> right. our age. I got you. Got you. you know what I'm so, so it wasn't the actual Palumbo. A lot of little kids. City. But they was causing the issue though.
6: <laughs> yeah. It, well, what it was was the school was it was a big high school, one of those older schools. And, you know, it's, a, it's a, a neighborhood with no money. So they split our high school at the same building with lower grade kids that were like seventh and eighth grade. <laughs> so they were on one side of the building. We were on the other side. And they didn't those upper fuck. crusty so-called Kappa choir people that like to, you know, mess with little broke kids would call them all kinds of names. They go home and tell their family and then they'd have to deal with it after school.
8: But you know, you know what, Nate, it wasn't always them calling them names and stuff. It was the fact that we were it, that that the 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 you know artists are eccentric, you know what I'm saying? So we walk different, we talk different, we act different, you know we what, act what I'm saying? And and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front, I mean, of course there was some interaction. I'm sure the interaction escalated it to be what it became, but the thought process behind it is there was a lot of fucking kids in that school. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we, we all had to interact at some point in time, whether it was crossing the hallways, I'm sure there was a little bit of eyeing and things like that, but when you left the school, You're not thinking that what happened in school is going to change. You're not thinking that. So when you walk outside and you see all these dudes standing on the wall, like, there he go right there, or there they go, it didn't even have to be that person. It's just they wanted to make sure that they made themselves known and seen that this is their neighborhood, and y'all going to have to run if y'all come out here. That's what
6: it was. Or
8: just no, stop being related. Related.
3: Anyway, I digress. I digress. Um back to the to the vocal culture. There you, um, go. There you go. That's um, was, okay, okay. So <laughs> you had the so-called This is my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have, you have, you have, I just said had, the same shit. You, you had you had the so-called cool kids, right? That right. all hung out with Nate, And mm-hmm. um then you had the geeks, right? The nerds, right? Mm -hmm. The spazoids, the the, the, okay, Sean. The the guys (laughs) that I don't know. Wait, wait, time
4: out, Sean. I don't, you weren't a dweeb. Nah, I was. You was pulling Johns,
6: though. I was, nah, he was was pulling pulling Johns when he got in the group. (laughs) 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 Oh,
3: was, was, no, no, no. No, let me, let me explain. I don't that's think I got the, enough of that. That was very true, which is one of the reasons why One of the reasons why I had somewhat of an issue because, listen, I was the same nigga when I went into school, right? Right. I could sing the same. <laughs> I hung around the same people even when I was in the group the whole nine yards. Not really, I though. get in the group you know that show February 14th. And, uh, yeah, the one y'all
4: cheat with the sparkles? Yes, yeah, okay, yes. yes. You really <laughs> with the cheat. You know what, nigga? If you <laughs> yeah. have some sparkles, <laughs> you know not get
3: them bitches out
8: there. I the ain't never pullin' that shit yeah, man head. said y'all
0: had the whole outfit since high oh, school. Yeah, we, y'all
8: we, had oh, yeah, it. no, we, oh, listen,
6: listen. Yo, me me, you know, ain't gonna kill that shit, boy. They, and, they had and, sparkles in their hand for like- Let me tell you something. <laughs> if, if you and Boys to Men, you going all the way. That's the only way we know how to do it. All right. Yeah. yeah.
4: So to bring our our people up to date, there was a Valentine's Day uh, performance in school. And, you know, this is the moment where you felt like, all right. Now we're yeah, about to you kill thought us, your dude.
6: instrument was just going to do it. Nah, going to be nigga. It's going to be on. He's going to be on. Yeah. Yeah, Yo, I, I lied. I, I lied to you not.
3: He ran into the sparkles. Yeah, I lied to you
6: not. <laughs> like, niggas got beat by sparkles. I'm <laughs> 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 very traumatized by this,
0: y'all.
4: This... No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yo, I got to hear so, that. Go, ahead, go ahead, no, but I'm I'm dead serious. When y'all walked on stage, I was like, oh, shit they're like a real group like <laughs> this isn't unique attraction anymore mm-hmm. this is this is like a real group and the thing was girls were screaming in the audience like it was ed sullivan on the beatles absolutely yeah and i was like yo but dude like i just sat next to one day to still might owe me 75 cents like
7: right. this right. is yeah. still them
4: they're not yeah. a real group they're the but for for yeah. that for that ten minute performance, y'all y'all transformed into like, it it was like, the Jacksons came to school and shit, and I was like,
6: wow. Like, Let me tell you, dude. Honestly, we didn't really realize it until that it was it was one of those things where I think the same way you felt it at that moment, it's the same way we felt it, and we literally had no idea none. what the hell was happening.
8: None. That none. Uh, Wow. I mean, it's, yeah, that's, it's that was a transformative that's, moment. It's, it's crazy you bring that up because, you I mean, like Sean said, it was girls that, you know, I'm pretty sure we all tried to, like, you know, send my holler at during the year. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they basically gave us no attention whatsoever. Word. Bruh. <laughs> when we when the, because you remember the principal came and stopped it. Yes. He was going to stop it because riots right. were about to yes. break out. Because it was so loud. The crowd was like, <laughs> right. this is not a concert. This is not. You remember that? so, yeah. and we was so like, funny uh, that y'all remember yeah, this. Yeah, And our is looking stupid as shit. Trying to- <laughs> yeah, we were throwing like... Wait, that's really <laughs> weird. Yeah, I thought I was the only like,
4: one
6: that remembered this really? moment. I was like, I wasn't even going to bring it up. because I am like, oh, oh, they
4: don't remember that shit. Nah, no, too, dude. He's, Let he's, me
6: tell you something. We We talk, we should talk yeah. about it on a tour bus all the time, dude. Like Juan said. And Sean said, nobody wouldn't talk to us, dude. We we all had our own little cliques. But when we were doing Boys to Men stuff, because everybody in the group in the school could sing, you know, a male could sing. Like, everybody could sing. It was just like, okay, well, everybody could sing, but it wasn't just in the school. It was after school when we stayed there till 10 o'clock at night, or when uh-huh. we went down the subway at 10 o'clock at night. It was all that stuff that that put us a little bit ahead. Of everybody mm-hmm. else, and it became normal for us that o'clock. that's just the way we're supposed to do it.
8: Yeah, we didn't stop at three o'clock, and it was just crazy because those girls, man. After that performance, the same girls. I remember them, Khadija. <laughs> she was <mostly called. laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> she, she sat right next to me oh. right after the right ah. after the class, and she was like, "Why you didn't give me a rose?" And I was like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bitch, why you didn't give me a number? <laughs> I know. I'm not going to make
3: it. Yeah, I don't you got it. it. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm I, I mean, love you this. Know, you know how important it was to, like, you know, bag an upperclassman. And I was, like, in the, in everywhere. the fifth grade. And I had a classman for a girlfriend, like a straight singer, like, Ooh, right? Yes. Like, weeks after the show, like, I Ooh. had a, a baddie.
6: Mm-hmm. Wow. So y'all went from
3: oh, virgins right. to not bur- like But I'm
6: gonna just- <laughs> tell you what's crazy though. When you look at when you look at the whole <laughs> musical landscape of the school at that time, it's like you know we used to try to do new edition stuff like that and sound modern, and that was kind of our niche. But like you guys stuff was interesting to us because it was like
7: yeah.
6: our pa- we knew it, our parents would hear y'all do y'all jazz stuff and be like, Ooh, and we'd be like. That's my friend. Like, he's not playing (laughs) on old stuff. Like, and it's, it's, you could, you knew the vibe because it was like, if older people fell in love with you guys and stuff, it was fire. Not that young people didn't, but Mm -hmm. we couldn't mentally soak in all that deep jazz stuff y'all had going on. So we would just watch and watch older people just lose their mind. Like, these guys are so deep and and they're, you know, they're, you know, so rich. And we'd be like, we, you can't even read half the music the stuff that they play.ing It's like it was. It was interesting. It was you guys were more cultured than we could ever get right. at mm-hmm. that age mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm.
3: life Very musically. And, and, and let me tell you, weird. let me tell you it's, something else, though, Amir. Like even now, like we we we'll, we would tell people in interviews that those four years were probably some of the best years, arguably, in that school because so much talent came out of those four years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was something going on.
7: Can you it, talk it, about it, it real quick, Sean?
0: Because it's, it's common knowledge to y'all, but to the rest of the world, people don't know what came out of Kappa. Like, can you just I talk about some of the it, talent? It
3: Plus, it was Tariq and Amir, it was Amel LaRue, it was Christy Bride, Chris Bride, Georgie Francesco. Like, like it, it was Rose so L'Gle. many established, now established, still touring the world making money, you know, uh, winning the awards, the whole nine yards that happened in that four years. And we all yeah. <clears> went to the <throat> same school together.
9: Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fonte Volo from team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts.
0: All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I came to Kappa uh came in you came in eleventh 11- grade as well, no, but the year you came in i was already I was already there right, so the thing was is that the first incarnation of the group was unique attraction. How did that dissolve, and how did it morph into boys to men?
6: The first incarnation was in eighty oh, five okay that was me that was none of the guys that you know other than me. So it's not even me, Mark Nelson, not even Mark Nelson. Okay. No, no, no. Matter of fact, yeah. Mark, no, not even Mark Nelson. Mark was right after that. We had one guy kick out. So right on the end of that was guys you don't know other than Mark. And as people would graduate school and lead a group or quit the group or their girl, pull them out, you know, all the crazy stuff, you know, right. I would just put, you know, other people back in the group. Now, It's funny because Juan was actually picked before anybody else, before he actually got into school because I watched him audition the year before and I Mm. knew somebody was leaving. So I was like, all right, well, if he's leaving, I'm gonna get that little nigga as soon as he get in there, he just don't really know how his thing is going down. So, (laughs) So then, you know, Juan was at it when we had, you know, me, Juan, and it was a girl and two other guys, and then sean actually again like sean said he kind of had his own little nerdy click we didn't really know how well he could sing we knew he could sing because in the choir because he you know the school don't pick nobody but he had a solo one year and i was like i need him mm-hmm. so the next year somebody else left put him in and then it was me him juan and mark and it was just us mike just snuck in by mistake it wasn't like we really handpicked the guy he was we were singing in the bathroom, rehearsing. Mike walked past us while we were rehearsing. He went to bathroom, taking piss, and while we were singing, he sang along with what we were singing. You know Mike's voice, you know, <laughs> so it filled yeah. up the bathroom. It in, was those, like... in those acoustics, <laughs> right. right? Right. Yeah. So it was like, uh, uh, all right, well, you know, let's let's see how he works in here. And then that that was that was what you know, and that yes. all came together around eighty eight, right, Sean? Yes, eighty eight. Yeah.
4: So, okay, um for those that don't know, what actually I don't know. I know the legend of the Civic Center story, but how exactly did you finagle your way backstage to <laughs> Biv was it a new edition performance like what was the actual story that happened? It was happened? the
3: Powerhouse, Amir. Oh you know, shit. All okay. Right. It, it was it was yeah. the Powerhouse. It was the Powerhouse yep. that year and uh that was the year that um uh Bell Biv DeVoe was actually being announced, like they, the, Mike and Rick and Ron went to Philly to make an announcement that they were going to be a singing group together. But okay. the thing was, was obviously Charlie knew, knew Nate, Charlie, Charlie. Matt, and and Charlie was like, yo, I'm going to have, Will, I'm gonna have yeah. Will let y'all, you know, hear y'all sing, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, all right, cool. So we sitting out, you know, front. Waiting Not for Charlie early. to show up or whatever, um, he never showed. But we knew uh, we ran into Teddy Pendergrass's daughter. Yeah, Donna. Mm-hmm. Okay, Anna Pendergrass, right? So she was right, right. One, and she was like, "Yo, I'm gonna get y'all in." So yeah, we got in. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. Um, so so so. <laughs> So, so, we got, so, <laughs> Yo. so, 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 we, okay, anyway, so we got into the venue, right? Right? So, we got into the yes. <laughs> And, and so we're waiting around the backstage area, right? So, right. I don't know, and Nate, you can help me out. Who was the first person to kind well, of wait? Yeah, Mark
6: started talking to her, whatever. And, um, she was there, obviously, because of her dad. So, she had a friend with her. And they had one extra pass. I guess it was somebody else who was waiting for it. So Mark kind of finagled the pass from him, and he went backstage, and they were kicking it, whatever. And then he borrowed one of theirs and came back out, gave it to uh, to uh, one of the guys. Then we kept switching the pass back and forth till everybody got back there. And by the time we got back there, Rick and Ron and them was coming off stage because they was actually hosting the show. So they was coming off stage from introducing the group. And um, when they came off stage, it was like... Um, Yo, uh, we asked Ricky first. Like, yo, dude, we got um, you know, can we sing for you? And he was like, you know, y'all got a tape, you know, tape back then. Y'all got a tape. Mm-hmm. And we was like, nah, we ain't got no tape. We could just sing it right now. He's like, well, you know, y'all got to send us a tape. And then Ron was like, yeah, well, you know, y'all can send it. He writing the address. And I was like, man, fuck that. So I asked Mike. Was like, yo, dude, can we sing for you? Mike was like, can you do it right now? We was like, yeah. He's like, King all do- right, cool. And we just rocked in the uh freaking uh what was it? I can't remember. Rain. Yeah, rain. King yeah, in rain. Acapella. And everybody was oh, standing around
7: watching.
6: And by the time we finished, Charlie showed up. And it was, I'm talking wow. about
8: Keith Sweat. Look, Keith Sweat was there. When we finished, uh, surrounding us was Keith Sweat, Paul Abdul, Sherelle, yeah. all of it, like uh, Will yeah, Smith. All the hot art, yeah.
3: Yeah, no, yeah, Will came in after. Yeah, after After we finished first, singing. As soon came as we were in. finished singing, Will came in with a yep. red leather jumpsuit. Yup. And, and it's a <laughs> herringbone that said Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. You know, something yeah. in and with with Charlie. And then that's that. um yeah, yeah.
6: What's funny is after we finished, Rick was like, Well, you know, y'all still gotta send us a tape. And Mike was like, Nah, y'all niggas ain't gotta send me nothing. Here, I'm gonna be here <laughs> at this time. <laughs> <laughs> call me in about a week and a half, and that was it. Wow.
4: Wow. Mm-hmm. It just to hear that story, it's almost like creative Russian roulette, because if it's five minutes if it's had Charlie Mack showed up in time. It would yeah. have been a whole different trajectory. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. Any, Absolutely. Anybody standing backstage could have had, it could have been a different result. That's right. what talk.
6: That is like, crazy. That's Charlie, Charlie. Mack learned That's at that Charlie. moment not to be late. We learned not to depend on Charlie Mack. See? Oh, <laughs> <okay>. you
3: know, <laughs> hey, you know I had a, this same conversation with oh. Charlie, and he denies <laughs> This whole story. Of course he did. What? Of course he did. That's, like he, that's all right. He nope. that this is ha- no, 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 see, you're not. Nope. Nope. No, 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 no.
6: And first of all, Sean, you know what's funny is that, Amir, um, check this out. we, Not only did we have to get backstage, we didn't even have tickets to get in. I can't even remember how we snuck in the building in itself. Yeah, right, right. That's quite that's a trick, few people's right. story for Powerhouse,
0: though. Powerhouse's own legacy in that way.
6: Yeah. It yeah but, but you know what? Honestly, we started to realize that everybody was sneaking in the powerhouse after that. After we told the story, everybody was sneaking power.
4: Oh, dude, <laughs> I hate y'all for this story simply because then suddenly comes the onslaught of yo, can I spit for you real quick? <laughs> yo, can I Because <laughs> they hear the story and then they're like, Can I spit for you real quick? Can
7: I do it
6: real
4: quick? And it's what's
6: funny is they do it for us too, and now we be like <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, give me a chance!
4: Like I a chance. Yeah, Here, well, is, did, it, is did, there somebody is esta- like, oh. is there someone established right now that has a story for y'all? Like I came to y'all first and y'all didn't hear. us. Oh, a did,
8: lot of it, people. Yes, people music, established now. Who? Y'all. Music came to us <laughs> when we were at the uh the vibing video shoot. <laughs> <laughs> we were shooting the We too, and I didn't even know. <laughs> I
6: didn't even know, didn't know it could stink.
8: Yep. He's one. It's it's a couple of them, bro. I oh,
6: remember his uh, record music.
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Roddy right.
6: Wow. Acon. Akon? Akon. gave us a, gave us a, a CD or something. We was on the bus somewhere. A whole lot of whole lot of records, bro. Yeah, yeah. we
8: listened. We Y'all was could like, have had Acon. Yeah. yeah, he could have had. We, he he would have. He was writing music for us. It would look, like
6: oh. crazy. Oh,
8: that would have been crazy. Yeah.
4: Yeah,
6: because yeah, he had a voice yeah, man. Yeah, wow. Man, it happens,
4: man. It wow. happens. It happens. So yeah. all right. When the whatever whatever day that out, stands, whatever <laughs> day that stands in your mind for for officially arriving. Right. What lesson would you tell yourself back then that you wish you knew as, as a precautionary tale? I'm only asking this because I, I tell people, I, I told someone like, I think last episode I said, it, I spent my entire advance in three weeks, mm. not knowing that that was it. Records. For, <laughs> right. I, I blew my I whole advance on like four stop, stopping sprees. And that was it. What lesson did you, did you wish you knew then the first time you got put on, like that first year?
6: Hmm. It is. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah. well, Okay.
4: Oh my I, god. Did, am I DJ I, Vlad now?
6: No. I thought I knew. I You're in I, the culture. Absolutely not. You're in the culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I,
3: had, my, I, thought I had DJ Vlad. You are
6: not that I thought I had my business in order. I thought when my group signed a fifty fifty publishing deal with Mike Bibbins that it was a fifty-fifty publishing deal. And without me going too deep into it, it wasn't.
4: Okay. So you wish you would have fought for that?
6: I wish I wish I would have known a little bit more at that moment than I knew four months after that because it didn't take much long to figure it out. But it was it was mm. it was a life changing decision that if it was made early for all of us oh, at yeah. that point, yeah, four months, five, six years later, things would have been a lot different.
8: A lot different, yeah.
6: yeah.
4: Okay. Uh, well, to ask was it was the parting with Biv amicable?
6: It was. Was not, it? not at first? I mean, Even, I think okay. We're better so now. to this day, are you fine <laughs> see, now? or right. I, think, we're, we're, I think we're better now, but at that time, it was not amicable at all.
8: No, it was actually the funny thing is, is he was literally forced to to, to part with us.
6: That's right.
8: You know what I mean? Because it was it was between boys to men and Bib Ten Records. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and we were both involved with Motown Records at the time, so right, right. you know he had to make a choice uh, because they said it was a conflict of interest, and he chose Bivton Records. Yeah, he had but a he big did Biv-10 not take Biv-10 away Biv-10 from Biv-10 the fact Biv-10. that he had that he had fifty percent right. of our publishing <laughs> and
3: and writers
8: was yeah, uh, was Gerald Busby a part of that? How
3: what Extra role did he play? He was a part. Of it? part of it
9: well, it was at, at time,
3: of it. at the time that we we split it was during the time that town was going through a major transition of uh, being sold right. to a larger record label. And we were a key piece. We and we were a and, key and, Yeah, and, and we let, we basically let him know we were, at that time, we were about nine million records in or eight, <laughs> something like that. Whatever, it was a lot. And, um, you know, we saw all of the, you know, bad deals surrounding us. And we were like, yo, in order for us to kind of continue and make records, you know, we basically very kindly said, well, you gotta fix this deal or else we're not making any more records. So in you know, trying to fix the whole situation, Gerald presented Biv with the Bib Ten deal, Bib Ten uh, records. Because gotcha. we were signed well, actually <clears throat> actually that deal Good entertainment. Was, you,
6: that mm-hmm. yeah, that deal was predicated on Mike finding three artists, which he did. Before we even met Mike, it was set up for him to find artists. And then if his artists were successful, he would roll over into that record label, which the artist was us, another bad creation. And at that time, MC Brains. He had three successful artists. But because we were on the back end of that, like Sean said, we, you know, our numbers weren't right for us. Gerald pretty much said, listen, I got this deal with you, but you can't be in these guys' pockets too. You got to figure something out because these guys are holding up my company now. So no. if they don't make a record, Facts. i got a problem with you. So he jammed him up saying, listen, you can take one or the other. You can take this Big Ten, Big Ten deal and roll and rock with that, or you can rock with that. And he knew we weren't really happy because early on, you know, we figured this thing, like I said, it, was, it wasn't too far. We figured this thing out about two and a half million records. I'm like, this money ain't right. So we right. rolled it out, 14 million records, knowing that it was wrong. So by the time we got there, he chose to go with Big Ten because he, he produced his three records that artists that were supposed to, you know, was successful. And then we ventured off. So Gerald made that split happen. or Otherwise, Mike would still be a part of Boys to Men in some kind of way right now.
7: Wow. wow. Damn.
6: Urgh.
4: So I guess the boy Fruit Punch didn't deliver too much
6: no no I mean, he yeah. I mean, didn't get out much <laughs> he didn't get out much all
4: right so yeah. who what, what's the what's the uh i guess the the process of deciding what the creative vision is at least for your records like okay you got a record deal and i know that you know the characters and and dallas uh collaborated with you guys but who decides, like, who says that, okay, let's start off with, I've never, besides the SOS band, I don't know many groups that have thrived starting their album off with three ballads. That's just something nah, I've listen, heard listen. I about. I was like, wait a minute. minute they're starting with a ballad Please first? don't go,
9: boy. Woo.
6: Right. Well, exactly. So well, who, <laughs> you know what? It wasn't who's, supposed who's to navigating. <clears throat> We didn't have any records. Uh-huh. They didn't know what to do with us. They signed the R&B group that could sing, and they loved it. But once we made they did once we got signed, they didn't have any songs. So, like you know, all the songs that on the first album, if you look, at, we wrote all those in performing arts. We wrote those in those mm-hmm. hallways and those before rooms. We even had,
7: like,
6: before we even had a deal. Yeah, before we had okay. a deal, we had those songs done, and they were like Dallas. We're gonna put you with this group. What songs you got? Dallas have Motown Philly sitting around from the Joyce That's Irby that. days, but other than that, Dallas Austin had no more records. So we was like, oh well, we got. You know, we do it so hard to say goodbye to yesterday as a cover. You know, we wrote Please Don't Go and Lonely Heart. And this we like we wrote this all those records in yeah. high school. So we just start recording them.
8: And Dallas put the production. He produced the record. We sung it to yeah. him and he sat there and figured it all out and produced the record. And, you know, those songs
6: that you actually hear were already pre-written.
8: And as far as the
6: ballads is concerned, you got to people tend to forget that Motown Philly was the first single. It wasn't a ballad.
4: Right. Okay. No, I just meant in terms of the record. It's who's the alpha yeah. that decides, okay, this is this is the title of the album. This is gonna be like that was big. I think, I think that this was big. Was,
3: yeah, that was Biv. And and I think, you know, him talking to us, he kinda understood our strengths in, mm-hmm. in, in the albums specifically. This this specific album, Coolie High Harmony. And the ballads had such a, a presence mm-hmm. that we all agreed that you know the the adagio side
6: mm. was the
3: best side you know that to was punk-
6: that's the performing arts we stole
3: <laughs> right, Leg- right. So, like, Leg- Leg- yeah. so, so we want we wanted that just as much because those hit different with us you know what i'm saying and and it hit different with our friends we would bring friends over and stuff like that i mean they loved the, the ups but the ballads just kind of it, it that kind of made it Real fuzz. Yeah. Y'all went through that yeah. list
0: kind of fast. I'm just curious, those songs that you said that you wrote in high school were what? And then how did that division, I'm so curious, the songwriting process and the division of work. Well,
3: Nate, Nate wrote Please Don't Go and Lonely Heart in school. Uh, okay? As we were going along with the process of doing the record, you know, we started coming up with ideas. Uh, Wanya and Nate wrote Uh Ah. Well, no, me and you, we wrote This Is My Heart in school. This Is My Heart. Me, me and me what? Yeah, I wrote. I wrote my part on the train on the L. That's right, and then I came and, in. And Juan wrote his, you know, the the loving and kissing and holding time. Uh huh. Like, like he he, you know what I mean, like and 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 he wrote that in the studio. Me and Sean wrote more time feeling in my book. Yeah, 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 We
8: wrote we wrote that in Mr. Walker's room, bro. I promise you. Which one? Loving and kissing and holding yeah, in I think oh, I okay, remember okay, that. Okay. You know, yeah, you're uh, right. You're uh, right, Mr. Walker.
7: Yo, so uh, just, Mr. Yeah. So just to yeah, reiterate, you know, you know,
0: what, which, just to reiterate what y'all said earlier for for the novices, or people who just listening, y'all wrote these songs in high school, and yet yeah. and still you only got fifty percent of these
6: songs.
7: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but see, okay.
6: And that's when that's when you look at like me and Sean sitting in my backyard right? Motown Philly," you know when. I mean, again, I give Viv all the credit for, you know, a lot of the creative stuff. You know, the idea of creating a song called Motown Philly, the idea of coming up with a song called, uh, titles and concepts are great, but Mm. none of that That ever entitled you to having 50% Mm -hmm. of my song. And that's Mm -hmm. where things started to go left. And we, you know, we looked up to him a lot. So our thing was, you know, that's our guy, you know what I'm saying? It's cool. We understand, but. Once we start to realize money is coming through and we still in South Philly, something's got to change. But I don't want to get back on the negatives. I'm going to stay on, on the other stuff. As far as the songs, like I said, me and Sean did Motown Philly in my backyard. And then Wine, we, was, we were all sitting in my brother's room. And, and like I said, Bib came up with the idea. You guys need to write a song called, oh, ah. And niggas was <laughs> like, oh, ah, what the fuck? So we was like, um, who going to what? Injection, what, fellas. I, what, just, Injection, Nobody wanted to write it. So we sit there. We we all flipped the coin, and Juan lost. So he had to write it. So he started writing the wow. song. We all went back in the studio. I wrote like it on the, the toilet, next time. <laughs> both, both versions. That,
0: I was about to ask, yeah, which one? Hey, both, both versions. versions? The, the remix was the fire.
6: Remix. I was going to say, the I, rem- I'm the remix person. <laughs> yeah, the, the remix, remix was funny. Sean, I think me and Sean did the remix. I think. Yeah, we did. I did the track. Yeah. Anyway, Juan uh, started man. writing. Mike? He came to the studio. And um, he couldn't finish it. So he's like, yo, dude, you know. No, no, I like finished it, out. I finished it, but you said it ain't nasty. Y'all oh, said, yeah, it, I said it ain't nasty enough. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, well, dude, I mean, you know, what, what are we supposed to do? I said, yeah, give it here. So I rewrote some it of you. it. Yep. I rewrote it and wrote more well, parts of it. And um, then we had, we started singing it. Juan was like, I don't know, man, my. My dad ain't gonna be proud of me with this song. We just like, <laughs> all right, well, go ahead. Just, We just pushed record and just kept going. It was like it was, we we ain't trying to pressure dad right now. So, one <laughs> came in the studio late the day we was recording, and we had a girl in the studio didn't make the record, but we had a girl in the studio making these sounds and stuff on the. Oh yes, she's right. the mic, right, Mike? Yeah, but I mean, like some of the stuff <laughs> that we had didn't make the record. Oh, but oh. anyway.
2: Because so the video wasn't enough,
6: in. the video. Wine came in. I was I was on the console. Wine came in, and he heard the girl. He looked in the booth. He was like, what, what, what is, what, what's this? What, what is this? He was like, oh, we're just trying to, you know, get the song where it needs to be. He's like, dude, I told you. My dad ain't going to be proud of it. And he ran out and slammed the door. Me and Sean looked at each other like, all right, try it again one more time. Here we go from the top. <laughs> <laughs> just can Keep going, the song. So, again, Bastard. most of those songs, almost all those songs except two on the first album, we all wrote, either in high school or on the way to the studio or in houses, getting ready to make that record because Motown had no songs for us. They didn't know what to do with us at yeah. all. Wow. So how
4: difficult was the the transition in your personal lives? Again, I can only speak from experience that your life drastically changes and probably the people that change the most on you are your are, are family members, like people that are close to you and whatnot. How awkward or not awkward? Uh what's that adjustment like with your 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 first year into coming out with as far as like interacting with friends from your your, your childhood and, oh, and I'm, people I'm, that I'm, feel entitled yeah, I
3: can't I can't say I can't say that there's been like some melodramatic like change personally from people that I knew. The people that I knew were actually in support of me even before all of this stuff. Okay. So when it happened for me personally, they were like, okay, that makes sense. Because I was the kid that was in the Philadelphia boys' choir at eight, you know, okay. and I did these things and that, you know, all that other stuff. So when it came down to oh, I'm in the group. Yeah, you had a couple little knuckleheads just like, oh, nigga, I don't believe you until you know it all happened. But it was never like, oh, nigga, you know, give me some money or or some credit. It was it wasn't a movie scene. It was it was it was all it was all supportive in the sense where when I came back to my neighborhood, everybody was like, yo, what's up? And I would sit my old stoop. Just with my, you know, the same friends that I had, and we'd hang out and kick it. I don't. I think it's the same with everybody. I mean, nobody. Not me, cuz. Not, not me.
6: Not, not me, cuz. Or- <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. Nah. I had everybody <laughs> like, yo, dude, like, yo, you, you supposed to come? You, you supposed to get us up all out of here. And I'm sitting here going through it because I'm a logical thinking guy. So I go through my head. I'm like, and I asked this dude, all right, it's five of y'all out here. Let's just, let's just play this game for a second with you. I'm supposed to make it. And come back and get all of y'all out. So if I come get all five of y'all out and give y'all all my stuff, y'all gonna be gone, and I'm gonna be back here on this corner by myself. I'm not gonna be here by myself. I'm not giving y'all nothing. Yeah, and that's yeah. how that went. Well,
8: with, with me it was with me it was a little different because now I'm from the project. I'm from Richard Allen Project. Richard Allen. And yeah, and um, now
4: Northern um, Liberties. Exactly, yeah. <laughs>
8: yes.
6: exactly. Now half a million dollar homes.
8: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, so so I'm from Richard Island and um a lot of people that when I became um, famous, um they were my age, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of c- cats that was my age, but they were doing other things. You know I'm saying they were street pharmacists, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They were, yeah. you know, they was hustling, they was doing all the different stuff, but they always supported me, you know what I'm saying? Once we became uh uh, you know, famous, uh to, to sort of say, so sort to of speak, um we actually, you know, when I would come back, every time I would come back, somebody was in jail or dead. You know what I'm saying? And it was their brothers and sisters who were now older oh. and in the place where they were. Mm. So they didn't have the same respect for me as their brothers, the
7: their did, yeah. brothers.
8: you know what I'm saying? Who was like, yeah, we we finally made it. You know what I'm saying? That's how they felt. But then as they started going, you know, to prison and, you know, passing away and stuff, there there, there was no respect there. I even had to move my grandmom out of And she loved the projects. She loved it. Even when I was making money, she really literally wanted to stay there. You know what I'm saying? Because wow. that's really all she knew for so long. But I had to move her out of there because I couldn't go. And sit out in front of her house with my with my bins now, my, you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. With my bins and or in my my, my truck, and people would just right, walk by. It was always something, and my grandma was here and getting a lot from it. And she basically was like, "Yeah, they talking crazy." I said, "Well, you got to move out of here."
6: And I just bought her. Yeah, a con- the heat the heat was coming for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So,
8: I mean, it's, 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 it's different. I mean, family is, is, is a little different too, of course, because like you said, there's always an entitlement somewhere, somewhere. It's not yeah. necessarily always the immediate, but there's always an entitlement of a cousin of a cousin of a cousin, you know right. what I'm saying? Well, I'll that tell you, you what's funny. That you do know, funny, but they're not really, you know, a part of your life like that. You know?
6: I'll tell you what's funny with me is that I, I had to try to, uh, Cause I always try to think a little bit ahead. I had to try to think for family members who don't really understand the change of the lifestyle. And in some cases, you know, obviously when you become successful, you can't bring your whole family, you know, out of, out of the ghetto. I mean, there are people still live there and whatnot mm-hmm. to the point where I had to start seeing my family at my house because I always felt like me driving up in my car, going in their house. I'm kind of endangering them because mm-hmm. when I leave, Whoever saw that car pull up is like, well, why right. was why was he going in there? What right. what's in there that I don't know about? So mm-hmm. I would always have to wind up having my family come to me, and I had to kind of pull up from going to see my family, just not yeah. to put them in those spots. Yeah, it's right. a
4: controlled environment if they come to
9: see yeah. you.
6: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
4: How how burdensome is in the end of the road in in retrospect? <laughs> how <laughs> burdensome <laughs> is it? Like, like, I understand
8: what he's saying.
4: Is it an Iowa, know what you're saying? Is it, is it, how do you feel like? No, no, no. Even when it was happening, when it was happening, you know, okay, so I was obsessively reading Billboard. Like, this is right before we got put on. So I was always hanging in industry circles. I was interning at Rough House. Right. So when it got to that 12th week, like every 40-year-old white guy was like yo they're about to be- break the beatles record it was like santa claus no wasn't idea. real you had no idea <laughs> <laughs> no for real there there was like it was like santa claus wasn't real and they're oh, going to break this record in the next and it happened like did did it feel any way or was it just like eh, yeah it's number one we didn't one.
6: even Bro, make when it about it yeah
3: when we got the news we were in london and you know we were Overseas, most of the time that End of the Road was doing what it was doing. So, when we finally got the news, we were literally 10 minutes in going on on stage at the Hippodrome in London. And and someone told us, Hey, guys, you know, you guys broke the record. Uh, You know, longest number run, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, Oh, cool. And that was
6: it. Wow. I I, I, I think
3: it was more so, I think it was very
6: Philly. (laughs) Honestly, we, we, we didn't really know how much it meant. Like, Again, the same way we were in high school was the same exact way we were in the business for a long time. It was just find the song, learn the song, sing the song better than any damn other group can ever sing it on the planet, and keep doing it again and again and again and every single day. That's all everything was about. So all the other stuff that was going on, that didn't even matter. It's like okay, well now we're finished. What well, time is rehearsal? Rehearsal was at seven. We got to get we got to get these harmonies right for the next thing. It was just mm-hmm. never a time to even think about that. We just didn't know how big that was.
8: Right. And, and the funny thing was, is at the same time, is if we were, if we knew that the, the the record even existed, like you said, you were around that circle, Amir. So mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You People were saying, oh, God, this is about to happen. We didn't even know that there was a record that existed that None. needed to be broken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if we were, like, waiting for it, like, oh, we
6: about to do it, we about to do it, yeah, we yeah. did it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we we didn't do it. it. I <laughs> guess if you're living
4: it, if, if you guys are actively working, living it, and I'm observing it, it's different. Like, at that point, I was observing it. Right. So for me, right. like, me observing those first two years was just, like, wow, like, someone that I actually know is doing Killing something. <laughs> yeah, doing something <laughs> yeah. fucking Big right. And, Dude, and... Let me let
6: me tell you another. Let me tell you one real quick. We got the same vibe with y'all, and this was crazy. Mm. We was running around doing all this stuff, went up to Canada, whatnot. You know, Canada, they got the, the all the all the gear and and whatnot. Right. The first time we ever heard roots was the clothing line in Canada. So we was like, oh yep. jackets is nigga. We heard about the, we heard y'all as the roots. We was like, oh no, we know that's a fuck what that's Dude, no. that's that's a man. No, it uh-huh. was for us, it was like we just felt like, yo, our other brother made it. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, that was just so uh, dope and then the for truth us. Happened. Like, cause that's the only way we, that was our only time we ever heard anything about a roots. And then right. it's like, oh, it's a group? And they, oh, that's oh, we know the biggest, yo. And that was it. That was it, cuz.
4: Uh-huh. I wish. No, but they
0: forgot about your ass after high school,
4: huh, Mir? It was like, oh. no, dude. Oh, no, I'm gonna t- wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. No, for real. I, <laughs> I got to tell you that I had to throw that shirt away. Which one? Because all right, so look, it's weird. I know your lives have changed, but imagine a two point six, a two point six second cameo in a video. <laughs>
8: yeah. <laughs>
6: Oh, talk about yeah, that.
4: that's right. Oh, we didn't even talk about <laughs> A that. A 2.6 yeah. second cameo. It literally, it changed my life at that point. Mm. To the point where, like, Tariq would come by the crib, we go by, and he's like, wait, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. He's like, you're not wearing the shirt. I said, I'm not wearing that shirt, yo. He's <laughs> like, go get the shirt, man. The shirt's dirty. <laughs> i'll wait like that outfit had to been worn yeah. the, the worst it ever got was at my grandmom's funeral <laughs> wow i'm not lying i'm not lying to you wow it's like it's it's like you guys were so popular
0: so when they asked you to be in a video amir you just how long did you take to say yes
4: hell yeah Oh, dude, oh, like yeah, that man, thing, yeah. being in a video
9: was dude, like, yeah, yeah. and that's
4: why. And the funny that was thing like is, being
9: verified on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> yes. right. Right. You know, what's even
6: funnier, man, is that back like then, like you wake dude, up at four in the morning, thing. all excited, looking at your outfit, like. Yo. Yeah, it's like Easter. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because back then, dude, as soon as we got the word that we was doing Motown Philly, and we knew we was doing it in Philly. And, I mean, just nature for us was like, who do we know? Who's our people? Amir, Tashelle, but we would just, anybody mm-hmm. we grew up with, like we got everybody in the
3: video.
4: Yeah, was it Angie yeah. in that yeah. video? Johnson. Was
3: it Angie in that video too? Uh, yeah. uh, 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 Larry mm-hmm. Lair, Angela
6: Nizzle. Yeah. She, was the no, she's, she wasn't in the wow. we, tried, we tried our best to get EST. everybody in that video because we we wanted we wanted Philly to be finally on the map with us. We couldn't go on the map without everybody else. Uh,
4: yeah. Hansel was in it. Yeah, Hansel. it was like all the, all the, all the <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs>
6: yeah. it might be
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what.
4: Respect it? to Hansel. Yes, he's Reverend Reverend Hansel. Oh, <laughs> he's the Reverend. Yeah, One of wow. them tax-free boys. Yeah. All right. No, <laughs> Let's
6: talk about
4: it. Let's talk, that, about
9: it. Let's talk about
6: it. That free Jesus money. All right, I got you.
9: I'm fucking with Nate. <laughs> tax-free. <laughs>
7: hey
6: man, I know the. I know the, I know to get up. Come on now.
7: <laughs> yeah, oh, no. It's,
4: yeah, it, for real. Like I had to. Throw the shirt away and not rock that shit no (laughs) more. Nah, man, that's that's what's it's yeah, but it 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 got it it got crazy. No, what I actually what I do want to know is, um, can you guys speak on Khalil Roundtree, like your relationship with him and the effect that that had on you?
3: Um, Greatest uh, greatest greatest man in our life, uh, Khalil through through Biv because. Um, Khalil was road manager for New Edition, and um, <clears throat> we met him in uh, Philly, right, guys? We met him in a uh, where's that yeah. rehearsal? We used to uh, rehearse on, uh, at, on RPM uh, at uh, RPM,
6: right? RPM on, on Delaware Avenue. Uh,
3: yeah, right. So went in uh, Delaware Avenue, baby. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know to make a long story short, you know Khalil became my father figure. You know, mm-hmm. somebody th- that looked out for us and, and protected us from everything and everybody. And, and you know, even though Bib brought him brought him in and initially his loyalty was to Biv, you know, that slowly turned it turned into something else. Like, you know, he yeah. he started to love us just like we started to love him. And it became us, you know, when was, you
9: when you talk about that, where your father's like in you guys lives, like what was the status yeah. of that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Were- yeah, yeah. Oh, OK. You no, know, is- they
3: weren't on a roll with us.
9: Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you.
3: You know what I'm saying? Like when we were on the road and we were traveling and, and doing all the stuff that we were doing, he took on that father, you know, uh, figure, you know. Yeah, mom
6: was mom was out, but yeah.
3: Right. <clears throat> gotcha. so, but, but for the most part, he took care of all of us and he made sure that, you know, we were not only safe, but that we were carrying ourselves the right way and that, you know, we stay motivated and even doing rehearsals and all that other stuff. Like he, he was something special. Because you know, he really gave a shit about us. It, it wasn't just a paycheck, you know to Khalil. like He became an integral part of all of our families. He would talk to all of our mothers on the road, and you know because the mothers would we calling on the road, making sure that we were all right. He would talk to each and every one of them, making sure that they knew that you know we were safe and, and all that. Like, he became something different than just the average roadman. I mean.
8: Yeah, he actually uh my dad was was only comfortable with me being on the
6: road when he met Kyle. Once he oh, met wow. Kyle,
8: he was like, okay, I'm
6: I'm cool yeah. now. <clears throat> was like, um, he was like a partner for me, man. Like I said, my dad wasn't around. So, you know, I, I, I think I got the call first from Biv about a guy that he was looking into. And Kyle had um, it was the night before we all met him. Um, he was staying at an airport Marriott or whatever, and you know he had one a big giant silver case with all his cassettes lined up on his on his mm-hmm. thing in his big room. I remember that. And um, when I first walked in, dude, I, I mean, I was a little intimidated because you know Khalil's big dude. I mean, he's a big, big guy. So yes, he is. And that real deep voice, you know, what I'm saying. So you was it was almost like the father figure that kind of, you know, put you in line without you mentally knowing it, but. You know, once you got to know him, you knew he was a, a big teddy bear overall, but he was just always he, he was never going to tell you something that either wasn't right or something that was bullshit. That just was not mm-hmm. the guy. You know, if someone tried to, you know, say, hey, well, you know, I need you to do this or, you know, in the business where they like, yeah, we well, need you to get your artist to do. He was never that guy. Like, I'm not getting my artist to do anything like I'm going to tell them what it is and then we're going to talk about it. He was that guy. So he taught us early on the ins and outs of that whole business thing. So like Sean said, you know, he was a, he was more than a father. He was, he was everything we could have possibly asked for. Yeah.
8: yeah.
9: What oh. year was it when he passed? I remember seeing y'all. This was I mean, God, I was in like seventh grade. <laughs> y'all came to Greensboro Coliseum and I I wanna say it was the Boy Wise Superfest, but I remember it was it was y'all, uh, Jodice, and Hammer was the was the headliner. The
4: hammer too was um, the quit tour
9: thing. Yeah, I think it was ninety ninety two, ninety three. Yeah, yeah so sort of like ninety two, yeah. Um, that was around the year when he
6: passed. Yeah, yeah so- Well, yeah, it was ninety two. Yep. It was yeah, on you. the hammer tour.
3: Yeah, it was in Chicago. Uh, we just finished uh, playing the Rosemont Horizon. No, and, and and what was funny is we all kind of like, uh, uh, kind of keying on this particular moment the <laughs> night that he passed away or got murdered. Kylo was a very confident dude. Mm-hmm. Every move that he made, everything that, you know, he wanted us to do, he said it with... with
6: calculated. You
3: know what I'm saying? We're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this. This was the first night... Was, I don't know. ...that, that we ever... Uh, Seeing Khalil say, "Where y'all? What hotel y'all want to stay?" In? Mm-hmm. I don't know which hotel yeah. I want to stay in.
6: Well, Yeah, he and, came and, to us with yeah the promoter's idea. I guess the promoter wanted us to stay in. You know, promoters—they got a cheaper hotel over here. The cheap ones, right? Where mm-hmm. you know all the crew is staying. So I want to move the guys. And like Sean said, Khalil was never, never indecisive. He was always, "Well, this where they going? you are doing this. This where they going?" Because I said so. And he came to us in the dressing room. It's like, you know, the promoter, you know, but save him some money if you guys did this, so forth and so on. You know, I don't I don't really know what I mean, I'm kinda on the fence. What do y'all want to do? And we were like, I mean, K, it's up to you, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't really do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And he picked the hotel. And unfortunately, that was the hotel where oh, shit. guys came in and you know, I don't like to talk about it. So I, I don't well, you know, I appreciate guys talk you about
4: it. Sharing that. I'm sorry. I at least see singing as an intimate thing. And I know that you guys are like brothers, you know, when Tariq and I are angry with each other, like the root show can still happen. Absolutely. And,
7: you know, cause I mean, we're not, we're not
4: facing each other, but how do you guys handle if, if there's friction between y'all and you still have to do the intimate act of singing with each other? And harmonizing.
8: We, we do it because actually the funny 10% thing 10%. Is, is, is that music, it actually supersedes everything. You know what I mean? What we do together is is magic. And it's like, you know, literally, you know, sometimes I literally listen to how we create and figure out certain parts without even Thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? So when we're on stage We all know that we have a job to do for one But at the same time, we also know that this person next to me is going to do that job better than anybody that I could Ever you know what I'm saying? So the respect level is really like I know what he's here to do I know what Sean's here. I could be pissed off at he mad at me but we know what we got to do because our Integrity is involved. Do you know what I'm saying?
4: It helps heal
6: the craziness.
4: singing, is singing your version of "Don't Go to Bed Mad"?
8: So almost,
6: yeah. Yep. It, it, again, it, it, because it helps after heal we
8: the if we are having issues, most of the time after we finish performing, somebody will come to somebody's room. Somebody will say something to some. It will always. It takes away everything because of what we just did on stage. That right there, together. Is greater than the anger that we have, you know, for each other.
6: Was it always like that? Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we have fist fights and then go back and go out on stage and, and and rock. Literally. I mean, it's just, I mean, again, (laughs) we, we, we grew up as brothers, literally like I, I have three brothers. I have my, my, my brother. And then I have my brothers. I mean, we don't know anything else. I mean, I always say that, you know, when we started earlier talking about how, how how much time we've been together, we've been together longer than any of us have been together with any family member, that, even our mothers. Like, <laughs> we've spent more time with each wow. other than our own parents. Yeah. Like, any, there's not one family member in any of our families that we have spent more time around than each other.
8: That's so, so I mean, that, that right there, like, I mean, it's, it's really that it answers itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. That's what that's what family do, you know. Of course, you know, you go through things. You like argue, argue, but at the end of the day, you know, we still family. That's, and and we do something together better than anybody, I believe. And we're the
6: only one that can say what we say about each other. And you can't call my brother that. I can say it. Right. You can't say it.
9: Right. Yeah, Facts.
6: Saying, it's that. Facts. Right. Yeah.
9: You know? Um, because we were getting into the the two album, we end of the road. Um, before we got there, I want to go back a little bit. So one of my boys men hot takes, I have several, uh, as a as a long time fan. My favorite album for y'all, like outside the coolie out harmony, I love coolie out harmony. Outside mm-hmm. of cool out harmony, I always thought that some of the best just writing, songwriting, vocal, everything was on Christmas interpretations. I fucking <laughs> love that album, man. <laughs> like y'all niggas was in y'all bag on that shit, man. <laughs> we so had,
6: we had to fight, we had to fight for that.
9: Really? That, what was the, the storyline? Well,
6: well, the label wanted, you know, a typical Jackson 5, you know, you know, ho, 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 Santa Claus Christmas <laughs> record. And we weren't going to mm-hmm. do that. Like, we didn't want to fall into that platform of ho, ho, ho and jingle bells. So we fought to try to do an original Christmas record. And we didn't have any songs, again. So we all sat around and said, all right, well, here, Sean, you do too. Juan, you do too. I'm going to do too. Mike, you do too. And then we we uh, we we uh said, okay, well, since we did, you know, since we rock out with the night, because that's our boy, you know, mm-hmm. we'll have him come in and he'll, we'll have him produce it with us. And if he's got a song or two, we'll throw it on and we'll rock out like that. Everybody just wrote two songs and we just went for it.
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nah, I love that because it was, you know, like hearing you say you didn't want to do just a typical, you know, Jingle Bells, you know, kind of record. Right. Mm-hmm. But all the songs, I mean, they were just great songs that, could have been, they could have worked year round. Like they weren't relegated. Like I would listen to that album in March. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like that shit was jamming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know what, that, that that's a comp, I appreciate that Fonji. But you know, going back to a question that you you said like a little while ago, as far as like things that you that I regret, and I don't think I regret it, just more or less I wish that there was more emphasis applied on me and my guys' uh, ability to write music. Mm. Because mm. We, we we tried our best to even even Nate guys, you know, we tried to be the next LA and Face or Jam and Lewis or something like that. All right. We felt like that that was like a natural progression for us to kind of go into that realm. And you know, I'm, I'm speaking of all of us. Wanya got a crazy pen, like you know what I mean. Like we we've, we've all written records for us and for other yeah. people. Yeah. That, that 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 you know, I wish for my guys that. We were, I guess, more, I guess that that was more emphasized on, but because boys to men was such a phenomenon and it, w- it was such a juggernaut in itself, it seemed like our, our all of our folks, honestly, the look at looking at it in retrospect, a lot of people, even down to Gerald, who's just like Wanye said, they didn't know what to do with us. So when we were successful, they were like, "What the fuck is this?" Right. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Like everybody was kind of like, Well, how long is this candle gonna burn? So everybody's mentality wasn't, hey, let's move these gentlemen forward to the next stage. As I look back at all the events that's happened to us and the people that came in and out of our lives, it almost felt like let's get this money now, because we 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 don't we don't (laughs) don't know how long this train is gonna last. last. Mm. So, So 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 a lot of our folks. Had that mentality. They didn't. They didn't look beyond the fact that yo, Nate was a great songwriter. Yo, Juan could have been a solo artist. You know, Sean could have did. Mike could have had. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't go that far with us.
7: Yeah. They just said, okay, so
3: they're a moment. Let's snatch and grab, and then let's move on to the next thing. And the case in point of that is when during the Evolution album, when we came out with the Evolution album, mm-hmm. this was around the time the boy the boy band thing started to uh, to, to come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you felt, from our standpoint, you actually felt the shift of people's priorities going from us to them. like like literally, mm-hmm. like Good. our literal budget in Motown was literally taken from us and given to ninety eight degrees. Wow. Wow. like yeah, it's real. Like, like, they, they, like these, these things happened, and it was, God, it, it was, it was almost like they, they were done, like everybody was done
0: with us. Almost mind-boggling that they couldn't just just add singer-songwriter to any time y'all names were sent, Because well, I'm really thinking well, you about know that. What?
3: In the, did they I'm have a, you work with you,
6: these acts I'm gonna tell you what happened when when okay. we did the first record. Like we said, we had records that were ours. They didn't know what to do with it, so it was almost like, well, we don't know if this record's gonna do well. Let's let the guys do whatever they're gonna do. And, We'll see if the project does well. Project sold 12 million records. So at that point, the label was like, okay, so we need to make it bigger. Let's who else can we get on this record? Now, here's the, the caveat that people tend to forget. The original Cooley High Harmony album did not have End of the Road on it. It wasn't part of the original album. Mm-hmm. Yep. That song was done for the soundtrack for the Eddie Murphy Boomerang. Boomerang. Yep. After Cooley High Harmony was already out. So, what if you notice the original Coolio Harmony album had us with the
2: trench coat,
6: the uh, the the Sherland coats on, the canes, and and the little squares Mm -hmm. around it? I think that original album probably might have got to about four and a half, five million records. Yes, that's true. When they did the Boomerang deal, they did the deal to where okay, well, they can use it on the soundtrack. We'll 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 have the guys perform the song. They'll perform it. We'll put it on that record, and then we'll also have to put it. Or we'll have the rights motown took to put it somewhere else so they repackaged the coolie harmony album because they saw that new we color to have a yeah. pop start we had a pop audience so they said okay well let's get the bright color the bow ties yeah. throw this song yeah. on air re-release this as a single off that album and then that album goes to 12 million so now their mind is like okay well now we need those kind of songs and mm. those kind of songwriters not coolie harmony songs but those guys. So then they went to Jimmy and Terry, they went to Babyface. And as we were trying to grow as artists, like artists always, hey, well, we wrote some of those songs on the one that did five, six, can we write? Oh, yeah, well, you can write some stuff, but right now we, we need these guys. So, you know, wow. us taking the approach of just let's focus on making sure we sing the right notes and do what we got to do. We didn't hammer home right away with trying to be on top of it. We got pushed right. away to the point where it was like, okay, well, bring Dallas Austin back because He's a producer. Artists and producers back then, they wouldn't let, they didn't, you know, the producer was always more important than the artist because mm-hmm. the producer could produce 15 or 30 records home on, on 15, 20 artists that the label had. The artist is just one entity. So it was always more important for labels to make allegiances with producers and songwriters. Keeping right. us from becoming super producers and songwriters took the power away from us to just be singers. Yeah. So they wrapped mm-hmm. that land Face and everybody around it and, and not not knocking it that it didn't do well, but it did stifle what Sean was talking about, our ability to grow as songwriters. And they kind of threw us a bone like, well, here, go go hang out with, you know, uh, Dallas's B producers, Tim and Bob, and Tim see and Bob, what you come yeah. up with. So we yeah. started writing some songs with them, which we happened to get on two albums. And and one of them, we had to tell them that Dallas wrote in order to get it on the record because they yeah. wouldn't put it on there. Was it yeah. vibing? Yeah, uh, exactly. No, no, was, yeah. no wow, guys. No, no, it was, no I wasn't vibing. We it vibing. had to it lie to vibing. the record yeah. label and tell them that yeah, Dallas right. Austin wrote that song and produced it because they weren't going to put it on the album. Wow. So he, and my favorite songs on that album were the ones that y'all did, like "Vibing," "50 Candles." I know. But, but to the record <laughs> label's point is they were trying to, and and then again, I understand it now. Because when you really look at it, we can all talk about those records. But mm-hmm. if you went to Istanbul, they're talking about in the row. They're talking about I'll make love to you. They're not talking yeah. about please don't go. They're not talking, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I understand what they were trying to do. But if it was explained to us a little bit more back then as we were going through, we would understand it other than people feeling, other than us feeling like artists. Like, ah, well, we're going to get the big names and y'all just go take the ride. No, That's but
3: you know what I mean? I, Here's the irony yeah. of all of it. The irony of all of that, Nate, is the fact that yes, those guys wrote those songs and things of that nature. And this is no disrespect because there are records, so I can't disrespect all songs. Mm-hmm. But the biggest one was written by us,
8: right? Once we did. Once we did.
3: So, so you know, despite what they thought, despite what they might have thought we were or what we needed,
6: what we capable needed of was always
3: yeah. here. It was always with us, but it, but they never wanted to see that. So they right. tried to literally manipulate the situation to even make us think and that we yo, work. we, we y'all need them. And 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 it wasn't like it wasn't a disrespect. It's not a disrespect because we Uncle Terry, Jimmy, Jet, we there are we love them. You understand mm, with all of our 100%. hearts. You know, what I'm saying? we love Babyface with all of our hearts. So we understand that this was all a business move. But at the same time, one benefited a little bit more than the other from that standpoint. And and be, me being forty eight years old, I'm understanding now that life is all about relationships. Mm. Life is about growth. Life is all about being able to develop and go from this point to that point. And we all need the help to do it. There's not anybody alive that has not become successful without some sort of leg up by somebody that was in a better position than them. So when I look back at this, this was by design. They wanted us to be here, stay here, and then- They want us
6: to sing. That's all they wanted. Singing was easy for them. them. They didn't want us to dabble in too much. And and it's been said a couple of times throughout our career. And, And what made it even tougher was that even when we tried to write and produce on somebody else, the name of the group was so overshadowing that all people wanted was, I just want to hear y'all sing and y'all do something. I don't really want Nate's record or oh, vice versa. And not mm. that I don't like it, but I like this better. And that's, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. The success is great, but you, you, and, and some, at some, at that point in our career, we had to either live with one or the other. We weren't going to be able to get both.
1: When it comes to the, the technical aspect of the creating of a song, is it clear who's going to sing what part? Cause to me, like, the three of you have very similar voices and voice ranges. I know there are different, you know, uh, strong suits for each of you, but like when you're, when you're writing a song and you're creating, it, it's it clear who's going to sing what part. It's like, it's like, Nate, you're gonna sing the melody. Sean, you're going to mm-hmm. sing the tenor part. Blah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Writing, like, writing,
3: writing for my group is probably the easiest thing in the world. Cause you, you can, you can literally, you know, you, you know exactly who does what that, like you, you don't even got to like question or have a, you know, tribunal, about who's going to sing this verse or that verse or whatever. You know who's going to sing it, who's going to send it home, and then the harmonies is just something that most people don't know how we do it. So we just do that. Like, there, But how do you, but how I do, you know, do it? Because how do you, that, you do that? that Silent yeah. Night well, well, as Fonzo said, you Silent what,
4: Night is,
6: that's how long does it well, take here, you guys to craft that? Here, Cause here's the deal. is that
1: Everybody has their own style with this, The, for the, sure. the,
6: the, the reason why I think that a lot of a lot of it seems more difficult than it is a lot of producers uh, i.e jimmy jam terry him like working with us because and this is not you know not trying to blow smoke in any way but honestly there's not many songs that we can not sing because vocally we cover the gamut mm. from here to here whether it's one guy two guys or whatever we cover the whole spectrum we're gonna sing every single you can't you can't out key yeah, us. I'm saying like you can't <laughs> oh well that's in the wrong key. You, you, can't, you can't do that with us because vocally we just it's it's all over the place. So with that being said, like Sean said, it's easy to write for us because throw it against the wall. And to answer your second question, because we grew up in a coral environment, we automatically know where the parts fall. Mm -hmm. But even after that, what made boys to Men different from just people singing choral is we moved out of that realm a little bit. So if Juan's background part is the first, if Sean's background part is the second tenor, he'll start singing it. And eventually somewhere he'll end up on an alto, second alto part. And most people will say, well, he went out of his range. He's got to stay there. He doesn't have to, because when he's singing that, Juan's already singing where he left the spots open.
3: Right, right. And right. I'm
6: already hearing the spots that they both left open. So it's yeah. just a mental and thing. And you intuitively know to jump to yeah. that place? It's like you I'm gonna make it this simple. You ever have Connect Four? You know how yeah. when you drop the thing down and they go click 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 click. That's pretty much what it is. Wherever that lands. You know when you drop the next one, where it's got to go to. You just know where it's got to go.
8: Hey, 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 and I'm be I'll be totally honest, and that's what I was talking about earlier. It's the magic, you know. the The crazy thing is, is okay. Let's just say, uh, Sean's in in the vocal booth, and I'm out in the lobby. And Sean sings this note, blah, blah 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 blah. He sings this note. When I come in and hear the note that Sean's doing, I automatically know where I'm supposed to go. And it's not even a song that I ever heard before. You know what I'm saying? So then I'll go in and I'll do my part. And then I'll leave. Then Nate will come in and by the time we finish, it it, it has turned into this. Big
6: and form. it doesn't have to be in sequential order. Juan could start, yep. then I'll come in second. Then Sean will come in or I'll start or vice versa. It's just it's just a natural and uh, you know ability to just feel what each guy's <laughs> idea for that song is going to be. I mean, and it and it hasn't even it hasn't even gotten more difficult with three people because I was doing both parts anyway. So it's just it, now it's just rapid. It's just it's quicker actually in all actually. <laughs> wow. So
1: is the intention always to to sound like a choral group, or was the intention to sound like? i mean look i'm a, I'm a white kid from long island i listen to boys <laughs> to men re- religiously as a, a you know, forever oh, and you, you i mean was from africa this time no <laughs> fuck you but like but, but, but what i'm fascinated by is like i always felt like you guys were four guys at that time but you sounded like about 20 and like right. i don't know i don't think that there was like ultimate stacking it was just like the the notes that you picked what? and the, the way that you did it and I, I think what i'm what i'm getting at nate is like what you said is like is when you would get to some place, you would hand it off to Juan and da da da. Silent
6: night, Silent night is the perfect example, and I'm glad Amir mentioned it yeah, that because that's not normal. Because, we, because we, we, what it is is that we, we sang some of it something like that in high school, right? But what we did was we we added R and B to it when we when we took it for our own. And if you notice, there are some chords where literally, I mean, you may have a second, a third, a seventh. It sounds like it's 12 people, but it's not. And especially when you get to that that chord at the end, the, uh, that, that, that real mm-hmm. big, strong. It right. sounds like it's 15 people, but it's just the notes that we chose. And with Mike underneath of it, which a lot of people never really had, you could sing three notes. And he would only be a fourth away, but it would just make it sound like it's thirteen people.
1: But like, was 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 the was the intention always like that? Cluster harmonies would be the thing. I mean, because like yeah. gospel, gospel yeah. for the record is like it's more the chord. I'm getting real nerdy. The chords are more Go spread on. out in gospel, right? It's like it's like root fifth, right, uh, third, right, right. Third root okay. above, ah, and then like third yeah. above that, right? That's yeah, the look, stack. We, you guys we don't do fight. that. We intentionally. Didn't. You
4: don't want nobody follow you and carry yeah, well, the that's that's, best yeah. We
3: intentionally <laughs> did that. yeah. No, no, you're right. Like like that, we intentionally did that because one, those progressions are boring to us. Like they're boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like to, to do one, three, five, yeah, like you know what I'm saying? If it's like, okay, we right. can do that, but there's so many sweet spots in the seventh and then the thirteenth, and like in between and all those other, you know. Uh, uh sustain you know chords and harmonies and stuff like that so those sus chords and all that so, right. so to be a, so so to be able to do that was always the goal i mean we grew up on take 6 and the carpenters and and all those guys who did all of that stuff so that's what we grew up listening to even before we met each other mm-hmm. okay so i was going to ask uh cuz
4: i didn't ask earlier i know that you know take 6 is an influence but the intricate level of, of of how you guys do your harmonies, this is yeah. It's beyond that. Like, was there influence from Brian Wilson? Like, who who are your who Check who are your out. harmony gods?
6: Here's yeah. the, I'm gonna tell you. Take six. Honestly, is the key. But the difference is when, like I said, when you got six guys and they're moving pretty tight, there's not. There's not a whole lot of space for a guy to sing a soprano part mm-hmm. and end up all the way down at the baritone because there's six guys in there. But what we did was we tonally, we would listen to them because we knew we didn't have six parts. Right. We found the parts that made it sound just like them without all six. Yeah. Even if you had to go from the top to the bottom just to right. make that chord sound like their chord. Yeah, that's what we would, we would do. So we, we would, would jump move all them. over the place. We would yeah. move right.
8: them so that they actually created those sus chords in the middle and then spread out to become something
3: else. So right. as they a threesome,
8: ju- as a threesome, do you guys have the ability
4: to recreate? No, so much to say. No, with I just mean, three people. No,
3: no, but you know what? That's okay because when you're listening to an album, you just want to capture the moment. You want to create the space. You want to create the painting. And mm-hmm. and that's all that matters. Like it's three of us, but if we feel six parts, we're gonna sing those six parts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's what's needed. But for I that will song. say,
6: but I will say, there are things that can sound that strong with three people. And I use yeah. I use our Star Spangled Banner as an example. Right. Okay. We used to sing that with four people, but again, now that Mike's not here. We just took that other leg and kind of folded then it and under fold, yeah. and put, put it, put, we, we took the meat of what we needed to make it sonically sound the same way. People just jump in different spots to yeah. make it sonically sound the same way. It's just not for people. And the average ear is not going to hear when that one note is not, when you got a triad and it's a triad of a, of a, maybe a, a, a fifth, a third and a seventh you're not worried about what the other note was because it was probably probably a unison with any other group anyway. You're that's, only focusing yeah. on that. Right. So we make sure we give you that and then we'll peel one off to where it feels like it's open and then we'll bring them back in. So it's ways to twist it. Like Sean said, obviously records give us a lot more flexibility, but if we have to narrow it down, that's normally how we'll do it.
4: Yeah. So what happens if a member has laryngitis or... <laughs> that's oh, uh, happened yeah. we'll that's happened,
3: yeah. and how yeah. long does
4: it take to adjust even even when Mike had to leave the group how how much work and adjustment did you have to do to figure out how to how to cover what was missing? I mean we, we, we hour.
3: It's, it's literally us getting being backstage or somewhere and just arranging it, mentally preparing ourselves because you know when you're when you're when you're doing someone else's part you're doing someone else's character that, that a lot of people understand that, yo, that's Wanye singing.
7: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So there's no way I'm going to sing like Wanye. So there, because he puts a stamp on everything that he sings. So there has to be a way to get around it. So you just make a way around it. And, you know, obviously it's not going to sound like Wanye but we try our best for us not to suck. And, yeah. <laughs> and and, and, and if, if if it doesn't suck, then that's good enough. And and honestly, we have the type of fans and people that we can be on stage and say, "Yo, man, my has got laryngitis. He's here. Wow. He's here, guys. Mm-hmm. He's here. He's gonna sing his best for you." And people know it. They hear it. They see it. They hear, they see him struggling, or they see me struggling, or whatever. We'll sing your he- parts. We'll and, and, and they sing our For parts. Real. Too. And the already going to sing <laughs> with you. Right. They okay. sing our parts, too. So we we have that type of... Like, people have seen us enough to know that we can sing. That's never been a a a, a doubt or a question. So uh, when okay. somebody has an off day, we just have off day. And our people understand it. What and we just go about the show. And we, and we do it. And, and our people ride with us. Uh,
4: uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry to do it to you. But you know, we're going to have to cut it short right now. Trust me, we'll be back next week for more talk with Nate, Sean, and Wanye, boys to men, Questlove Supreme. All right? Come next time. See you.
9: Yo, what's up? This is Fonte. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at QLS and let us know what you think and who should be next to sit down with us. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. All right? Peace.